On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, a blown opportunity for Philadelphia as they drop game six at home and now have to head back to Boston in game number seven. What went wrong? Keith and I will break it all down next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio here in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, as always, from TheInquire.com, Sixers beat writer extraordinaire, Keith Pompey. What's up, Keith? What's good, D? Hey, y'all, apologize, but we got some technical difficulties, but the show must go on. It must go on. So if you're looking at us and checking us out on YouTube, again, apologies. You just get to see my face, unfortunately. And uh, in Keith's case, uh, again, you don't get to see his face, unfortunately, uh, for this particular episode. We'll have things straightened out for our very next one, hopefully, uh, next week. But, Keith, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 is our first listen every day. As always, we appreciate it. Remember, Locked On 76 is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Even though you can't see Keith's face right now. We got to laugh at something after that performance here on Locked On 76ers. Keith, we got to talk about uh, can the 76ers, now that we know that they fell 95-86 in this game, can they go into Boston on Sunday and win a game seven? We'll break all that down. Uh, players who didn't really step up in this one, why it played out the way that it did, the lineup change for the Boston Celtics, what did that mean? And the uh, Jason Tatum show that was put on in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, but first, Keith, we got to start and just basically give our reaction to a blown opportunity by the Sixers. Game six at home, winnable game. The defense, I thought, Keith, overall, once they settled down from that first quarter, 15-3 start by the Boston Celtics, I thought the Sixers settled down defensively and they got a lot of help from Jason Tatum shooting over 10 in the first half for just one point. And they cut the the uh, the lead to seven at the end of one, seven at the end of two, going into the locker room. Defense, I didn't think was much of a problem, Keith. Overall, it was the offense that couldn't get going. It was the offense that couldn't get going. I mean, be honest with you, D, it was really disappointing because mm. when you were you were there. I mean, it was like the crowd was electric. I mean, they gave everything the Sixers could could ask for, and the Sixers didn't come to play. I mean. You know, from the first quarter, the, the set, I mean, they were down like they were down like 12 points, like four minutes into the game. I mean, you look at the first quarter, the 76ers ended up shooting 28 um, percent. Tobias Harris was one for six. Joel was one for five. James Harden was a zero for four, you know, oh for four. I mean, you can't have that type of. Uh, output from your star players like that. It was it was just bad. It was a bad thing, and then it got to a point where it seems like they stopped realizing. That it's like they forgot that Joel Embiid was the best player on the floor. I mean, it to me, it was just just a bad night for the Sixers. It just really was offensively, and it, it started off a struggle. And it ended a struggle. And the thing about it is you just would hope that they would have more of a sense of urgency coming out the gate 
that 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 they did and they didn't do it yeah that's why one of the keys was uh to get off to another good start like you did in game four and in game five where you jumped on boston immediately instead in this one keith boston jumped on the sixers and uh, pj tucker hit an early three to tie the score at three three after uh, marcus smart started to score for the boston celtics but then after that again as we just talked about they went on a 12-0 run and it was a 15-3 score and the Sixers had good looks. Tobias Harris missed some easy ones. Um, some other opportunities from some of the other Sixers until Maxie put some more points on the board with the layup going to the basket to make it 15-5. And again, they eventually cut it to seven at the end of the first and at the end of the second going into halftime. But again, if you jump on them, Keith, like they did or stick around with them with that 15-15 score, and who knows what the game's look, game looks like at that point. The offense absolutely let them down. Uh, we'll get into players individually with, with everything. There were a lot of uh, weird situations in the game. Also, you know, officiating and the weird thing. They're going to look at one play and then they come out and make a decision on another play. Just some wild stuff, man. But again, an opportunity to close the Boston Celtics out. You had a sense that it was going to be one of those defensive type of games. You've seen each other nine times before this one. This was the 10th matchup between these two teams all season long from the regular season and the postseason. And you you kind of got the sense that it was going to be a lower scoring game than it would be one of the higher scoring games. And it was just going to be about who was going to be able to muster it up in the final five, two minutes, actually. You know, typically we talk about the final two minutes of a fourth quarter in the game and see who comes through. But it was the final five minutes, and there were so many blown opportunities. Sixers were up five, Keith, and it looked like if they would hit a shot, the roof was just going to collapse from all the noise that was inside that building from the fans. As you said, they brought the energy. Unfortunately, the team did not match it. So they had opportunities. There were runs to be had. There were runs to be extended once they got it to five. And for whatever reason, Guys just couldn't make shots. And I'll say this. I'll say this right at the top because this is how I feel. I thought they got tight, Keith, especially in the fourth quarter. It played out the way it played out. You're going back and forth. And it's 83-81 after Maxi makes the two free throws right around 517. That was the weird play that we're talking about. Joel Embiid makes the free throws on the clear path foul with about 547 on the clock. He makes the two. They go up two. Um Another play ensues where on Boston's end, they have to go to look at the uh, monitor. They find out that they want to knock the two points off the board. So it's no longer 83-81. It's now 81-81. And they make Maxie shoot it again at the free throw line to get those two points back. He does. And then that's where things started to fall apart, Keith. And, and I thought they got tight. I thought they got tight. As you mentioned, Embiid didn't get the ball. There were some bad possessions. There was some bad shooting. Uh, in general, where there were opportunities and the Sixers did not maximize their their situation and come away with this victory. And now they have to go back to Boston Sunday. Yeah, you being nice about it. You say they got tight. They choked. I mean, they they basically. Uh, just, a, just a better way of saying it, I guess. Yeah, they choked, man. They choked. I mean, like Boston. I mean, like they came out. They wasn't ready for the moment. Boston came out. I mean, we talked about it. Marcus Mark basically told them what they was going to do, how they were going to come out. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Jason Tatum, you knew after a while he was going to get loose. I mean, he struggled for the first three quarters. Then in the fourth quarter, he outscored them. 
he had he had what, 13. <laughs> yeah, 16 and 13, right? So you look at that, he had 16 to 13. James Harden, like you said, was 0 for 4 in the in the fourth. He didn't score a point. Tobias Harris played 11 minutes, 24 seconds. So he played all but 36 seconds. Add that to this third quarter because he played all 12 minutes in the third quarter. Yeah, but I ain't even – I mean, but, yeah, that's true. That's I'm true. just saying. Yeah, and he only had one shot. But he, in the fourth quarter, he played all but 36 exactly. seconds. Yeah. All right, in the whole second half, one shot. In, this, in the fourth quarter, he was a negative 13. He took that one shot in the in the second half? I thought he took that in the second quarter. So the second quarter. Because he All was right. one for six in the opening quarter, and he only took one more shot through the rest of the game. He played 41 so, minutes. Unacceptable. Yeah, you're right. Yep, you're right. He didn't make it. So then here's the deal. So then you look at P.J. Tucker, which I don't understand. I mean, that's the one thing I understand, dude. So you take P.J. out, and then you bring him back in for the last three minutes and 24 seconds. The dude was cold. So he had one shot attempt. Maxi was one for three. Um, and he had five points. You know what I mean? It was crazy. And then Jaden Springer scored like a bucket in garbage time, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's a joke, man. I mean, the way that they played, it was just it's not it's not good. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I like I like the Anthony Melton, but to me, and we'll talk about it more after the break, but I think that was a I mean, I didn't understand that one. I'm sorry. Like you, you, you had George Niang who was baking in the third quarter, and then you see Melton in there, and I'm looking over, saying, "Is is my man? Is PJ hurt? Like he's supposed to be the leader. Like he's the guy. Is he hurt?" And I'm just watching the. No, it was more of him going two for seven. Yeah, but I rather have. I rather, but I rather have a defensive-minded dude who's going two for seven. Who tipping the ball, making sure the right people get the ball. Not me. As opposed to a dude that's bricking wide open threes. He played too many minutes, man. You talking about Melton? Yeah. I rather I, had, about, I thought Niang was the right substitution for Oh, Tuck. yeah, Niang. Well, Niang was the right substitution, but what I'm trying to say yeah. is I'm talking about when you take Niang out. And you bring and Melton. And you in. put Melton in there. Mm-hmm. The moment was obviously too big for him. Yeah, it, it looked like it because he missed back-to-back three pointers. Joel Embiid then made a jumper to tie the score. I believe it was 79-79. And then uh Boston scored on the other end. Melton came back again and took another step back three. This time it was an air ball. So it, it, you know what it reminded me of, Keith? Remember when we would watch Danny Green? And as good as Danny Green was. You know how we would sit there and oftentimes it would be right in front of us at that end of the floor in the second half where he would get shots, get shots, miss them, miss them. And then that third one or fourth one, he airballed it. Right. Danny Green, uh, because he just it was in his head already. And I, and I think that's what happened to DeAnthony Mellon. You know what? Let's let's extend this one uh, into our next one as we take this quick break right here, because those numbers that you ran off from a lot of individuals, substitution patterns, to your point. Uh, you didn't like some of them. I didn't mind it. Uh, we'll get into that on the other side. Sixers fall game six. Boston forces a game seven. Can they win? We'll talk about that one 
a little bit later right here on Locked On 76ers. But I do have to tell you as we hang out with you guys here today about uh, the good people over at eBay Motors. And for a championship team, like we talk about with the 76ers, Philadelphia taking on Boston, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Didn't work out that way on Thursday night for Philadelphia, unfortunately. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around, not the second. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will in fact fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. No worries. Yeah, You know, got to replace that one part. eBay Motors is the place to go. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the parts are guaranteed. And those are the right parts. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right pieces on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back here to locked on 76ers and we thank you for making locked on 76ers your first listen every day every dayers on our next show we'll preview game number seven on sunday maybe we'll bring that to you preview game number seven on sunday early get you set for the game uh, still no start time, so we don't have the start time as of yet for Sunday. So that's what we'll have for you at that point. All right, Keith, you laid out some numbers. De'Anthony Melton, struggle. Tobias Harris, one for seven, struggle. James Harden, four for 16, struggle. And while Embiid and Maxi didn't shoot percentage-wise all that great, at least they were aggressive. And Embiid down the stretch, final four minutes, he said it post-game. He didn't touch the ball enough. He said that they missed open shots, which they did. And and we said it, man, the offense just wasn't good enough. Which one do you feel like in terms of the individual guys? You mentioned Melton. Do, is that the one that stands out the most because of the substitution that you talked about with Doc Rivers making that change from P.J. Tucker? Or do you look more towards the Harris or Harden side of things? Or you simply put it all together and say they all played terribly. I mean, I think they all played terrible, but my my thing is I just felt like the moment where I said Melton, he played 23 minutes, um, th- uh, 33 seconds. I just felt the Melton, the moment was too big for him. Mm. Um, Tobias, I felt like in the first half, you know, Tobias was just, tr- uh, he was rushing, he was throwing up some crazy stuff. He did um, miss two layups though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, in the first half. Like, he, yeah, well, he didn't shoot the ball in the second half. But in, this, in the second half, his defense was pretty good. And, you know, they kept switching. You know, James James just had a clunker. Now, when you look at Maxie and, and Joel, like, they were aggressive. The problem was, like, in the fourth quarter, it's like they forgot Joel was on the court, I felt like. Like, they just – they forgot that he was the dude. I mean, you allowed um, two guys outscore him. Like, I mean, they had three guys in there on the bench. Um, but I don't know. It just looked like I, – I, how does the MVP, the first-team all-league player, not touch the ball down the stretch? Like, to me, that was crazy. Like, it just was. Like, how does that happen? Like, it shouldn't happen. Like, 
This is the MVP. And he doesn't get any touches down the stretch. Like that, that's that's ridiculous, man. It it is. I don't care if he was like one for ten. He's the MVP. Like Jason Tatum took over. Joel Embiid didn't get an opportunity to do it. I mean, so when we talk about everybody missing shots, it's like if you're gonna live with somebody missing shots, it gotta be Embiid. It has to be. Yeah, he should have got some looks down the stretch. It was still close enough for them to do so. Um, he did have a couple of shots I did not like in the fourth. Uh, the one that he missed that I didn't, I thought he would make it, which was a fine shot. It was like a turnaround little little jump hook. Then he had almost like a sky hook, Keith, with the left hand. Look awkward, look weird, and look. It felt like he rushed that one, but beyond that, he he didn't get enough looks. But the one thing I will uh, scoff at him about. Team had what 12 turnovers. Um, Harden had five, he had four. Your two best players can't have nine of your 12 turnovers. You can't, and Embiid has to stop bringing the ball down low where they're going to swipe at it, especially if you are already reading out the officials are going to call the game. You can't expose the basketball that way and bring it down for those the smaller guys and uh, Marcus Smart, or all of them are smaller, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And even Al Horford, who seemingly just kind of got things together there defensively, especially when they're not giving him the ball. But when he does bring the ball down low, below his waist, you give him the opportunity to go after it. And that's exactly what he did uh, on some of those turnovers. And Keith, they were live ball turnovers. They weren't turnovers that went out of bounds. They were turnovers that led to runouts the other way for opportunities to put points on the board. So uh, all those things you were saying are accurate about them not giving him enough chances but he also has to create more chances for his team by not coughing the ball up in the manner that he did. Yeah. I mean, true. But at the same time, I mean, I get that, but is is also something that he turns the ball over all the time. Like we see it a lot. So I get what you're saying. I just feel as if I personally just feel like, they got to do a better job, man. Like, I mean, they got to get him the ball. Like they do. And, yeah. and yeah, he go. He was a little, he was a little careless with the ball, like you said, bringing it down. But but I feel like they just, I don't know, man. And like got to a point, I thought one time, Doc was going to call a timeout to run a play for him when they was when they was baking the other team. That never happened. But uh, I just feel like the Sixers got to do better. They got to do. Better. I, I did want to say this. Um... First half, both Al Horford, Keith, and Robert Williams got into foul trouble. Both picked up two personal fouls. Also, uh, Jalen Brown also picked up two personal fouls. I thought they didn't attack those guys enough. While Embiid did go after them, and they just kind of let him score when he got close to the basket. So that's not on him. But I thought I thought they didn't attack it enough, and they ended up, Al Horford ended up with, uh, what did he have? Two fouls on the rest of the night. Overall, he had three personals. Robert Williams had two. They picked up those fouls with about a little over seven minutes to play in the second quarter, Keith. Only one foul between the two the rest of the way. Yeah. Got to take advantage of the situations, man. Have to. And they didn't. All right. We got to talk about the lineup change that Joe Mazzulla made. And um, it worked. 
So we we destroy them for things. We got to give them credit for this one. And also, Keith, just a simple one. Can the Sixers win a game seven on the road in Boston? Final segment next right here. Locked on 76ers. Welcome back. You were locked on 76ers. Keith Pompey in the dark, upset about the loss. I'm Divine Givens here on YouTube side nah, of the ain't upset. <laughs> you went into the dark because they lost. Um, all right, man. First of all, let's talk about the lineup change. They better hope they don't go in the dark after this one. Yo, they better not. It's going to be a long off season, man. Long off season. Robert Williams in the starting lineup. Derek White comes off the bench, Keith. He put up 10 points in the game. Derek White, uh, pardon me, Robert Williams did 10 points, nine rebounds, two blocks, and he altered a couple of shots. Also, uh, Derek White off the bench, not much, you know, nine, and he hit three threes, so enough of production coming off the bench. Malcolm Brogdon, his usual self, he bounced back from a bad shooting performance in game five. He put up 16. He put up uh, 11 or 13 in the first quarter, and that's that was their rotation. They went seven deep. It was really tight. And that's exactly what they got from Joe Mazzulla. The 76ers had Daniel Daniel House play eight minutes. George Niang, 15. He knocked down two threes. Daniel House made the one three. You also had Paul Reed play six minutes. He was shaky, Keith, in that game. Doc Rivers gave him those minutes, and they pulled him right away because it wasn't working. DeAnthony Melton, 24 minutes, and missed five shots, four threes in the time that he was out there. Um, what did you make of the lineup change? Because I thought it did help them by, again, ignoring P.J. Tucker, and it made Doc Rivers now counter to the move because Tucker early on made two, but he wasn't knocking down enough of the shots where they had to respect him, forcing the, him to beat them. So Doc Rivers in kind, and he had to counter and make a move. What did you make of Joe Mazzulla's move to put? I mean, I think it was good. I mean, it was cool. I mean, the thing about it is, like, we saw that lineup before, but I felt like Doc didn't really take – I mean, I felt like the Sixers didn't really take advantage of it enough. Like, my thing is, I, I get the whole P.J. Tucker thing, but he wasn't the only one missing shots out there. Like, I mean, yeah, he was getting – I mean, we got to face it. He was the first one to score a basket for him. For a while, like his shot was the only one there, so I, I I get it, but like Tobias wasn't making shots, Joel wasn't making shots, James wasn't making shots, and so I, I don't it's, know. It's, it's not a knock on PJ Tucker. It's more of to your point of what the others didn't do that forced him to come off the floor. Yeah, I got it. But then the other dudes he brought in for a little bit longer. The problem is, I get that, but the dudes he brought in wasn't make, weren't making anything either. Like, you know, uh, DeAnthony Melton didn't even shoot the ball in the second quarter. Like he didn't shoot. He didn't get a single shot. So he was zero for one in the first half. In the third quarter, he played fourteen minutes. No, no, in the third quarter, he played two minutes and, 
and twenty and, and and thirty-eight seconds and didn't get a shot either. Right. So for three quarters, he was he played 17 minutes and eight seconds and was 0 for one shooting. And then they brought him back in there in the in the fourth quarter, and that's when he went 0 for four. So it's like I get what you're saying. I do, I do. But then you look, see, here's the thing. Here's the problem. You look at PJ Tucker. This is like through three quarters. PJ Tucker played 17 minutes and one second. And he had eight points on three for seven shooting, two for six on threes. He had three steals, right? He had one assist, two rebounds, but he had three steals. At that point, he was leading the game, leading the game in steals. At that same point, that point, DeAnthony Melton played seven seconds more than him. He had one block, he had one steal. He did have five rebounds, but he was 0 for 1, right? So then we go to the fourth quarter where Melton played six minutes and 25 seconds. He was 0 for 4. He was a minus 8 in the fourth, right? That was like the worst of, of the bench dudes. Him and um, But then you look at P.J., he played 324, and he had one foul. He was 0 for 1 shooting. But when you, but so like to me, I'm just saying like I get it, but the, the bench dudes weren't doing anything. The only person who was doing something was Niang, George Niang. He was the only dude. He was like he was he was two for three from threes. He had six points, and all that came in the, in the second quarter. He had two fouls. He was a plus twelve. So to your to your point, you look at it. It's like well, dang. Ain't like the dude was playing a lot of minutes. Keep him out there. He was a plus 12. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I just didn't like that. I just didn't like the rotation. I just didn't like it for that game. I didn't think that uh, DeAnthony Melton brought much in, in that game. Like, I, I don't think he did. I mean, he was a, I get it. He had five rebounds. He had one assist. He had one steal. He had a block. But they was leaving him wide open for a reason. I, I I don't think they left him wide open. I think they found him wide open, and they closed out on him hard. Uh, and he missed the shots. And Man, yeah, he, I guess. he was taking step back threes, Keith. He wasn't just catching yeah. shoot threes. He took step back threes. Yes, he was, but he was open. Like he was open. There wasn't nobody guarding. Him. I get what you say, closing, but you supposed to close on somebody. Yeah, but it was kind of sort of like when he caught the ball, there was nobody around him. Uh, one of them I remember for sure. The other two, they were step back threes. Okay. In, in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, if they make the shots, we're not even having this type of conversation. They missed their shots. They missed their shots. And and it wasn't good. And that's that's why they lost the game. They lost the game by nine points. If you had anything uh, of, as far as offensive pulse from Tobias Harris, you win the game. If you had anything from DeAnthony Melton knocking down those shots, you win the game. Same for James Harden. Making shots was the problem. They didn't make shots. Keith, can they go into Boston and win on Sunday? I mean, that's a tough question. I mean, they can, but it just depends on what team shows up. Like they can, they can go in there and win, but they can also go in there and get their doors blown off. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, they they saying they saying all the right things, and the problem is to me is when you say like, "Oh, we ain't making shots." That's all it was. Nah, it's like. There's other things too. Like you gotta 
I mean, it's a lot of things. You got to bring that energy. And and the question is like, my main question is, how come you didn't bring the energy on a game like this, knowing the magnitude? Mm-hmm. But they can go in there and get a win. But the problem with the Sixers is you just don't know who's going to show up. You just don't. You don't. And remember what I said now. Mm. We talked about it before. A cousin with substance abuse. When you think that the Sixers are going to like do something. Yeah, let's not use that analogy anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> you think they're going to do something, they don't. So like now you're starting to think that maybe they, they're going to get blown out and then they turn around and win the game. And they win the game, yeah. But yeah. But the only thing I didn't like from what we saw is you talking about some of their bench guys looking shaky, but they were at home where you're supposed to feed off the crowd. I agree. And, uh, you know, I always say those role players play better at home. That role player and DeAnthony Melton, to your point, he did not play better at home. This was the streaky one that we talk about. That's the bad streaky for DeAnthony Melton. Well, listen, man, um, we're coming back for a preview on Sunday. When, uh, hey, we'll do it then. We'll talk to everybody. Keith will be in Boston. I'll be back here in Philadelphia. So that'll be our show for everyone on our next episode for the everydayers and the newcomers. So we thank you all for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. On this Friday, Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? Yeah, you can, you can find us wherever you get your podcast at. You can get this one, and hopefully then my video thing is working so you can see me. I told y'all, he's in the dark. You know, the game went the way it went. He's nah, I care less about that game. I mean, you know that, right? You just joking. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I mean, shucks, they turned it. They might have turned off the lights of the Wells Fargo Center. They were the doing it when I left. So, yeah, you might – you might have to tell I mean, me. I'm talking about for the rest the of the season. If the Sixers don't win, Boston closed the Wells Fargo Center. You're not lying. So the You're thing is, you can listen to our podcast, uh, and then you get our YouTube channel, Locked On 76ers. But when you do that, click on the Liberty Bell, and then you become a new subscriber, right? Um, and then also, what you need to do is you need to listen to my man D tonight from 6 to 10 on the Divine Giving Show on 97.5 FM, right? Also follow D on Twitter at Divine G975. That's D-O-V-O-N. D-E-V-O-N. No, D-E-V-O-N. I spelled your name wrong. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Divine G at 97.5 FM. And then you can follow me at Pompeii on Sixers. And then you can read my articles in Inquire.com. All right, Keith, um, go find some light, man. Get into the light. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens Sunday. You think they're going to win Sunday? Uh, right now, I would say no. Okay. Um, but uh, we, I just saw it. So that, that doesn't mean that I might not still feel the same 24 hours from now, 48 hours from now. Right now, I say no, they don't win the game. No. Okay. Yeah. Can they win? Absolutely. Because we've seen him do it already. We know that it happens in the NBA in the playoffs. We saw it happen here in Philadelphia in 2021, right? Um, yeah. Atlanta Hawks won three times on the Sixers floor uh, of the four games that they played and won a game seven here in Philadelphia when we thought that as bad as they were and as bad as Simmons was at that time, that the Sixers were going to 
right the ship enough to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe get their doors blown off in Milwaukee at that point. So it's not impossible, but based on what I saw, um, hearing some of the things after the game, I would say they lose the game. But that's why you play it. Go in there and find out what the result is at the end of the day. So if they lose, is this season a failure? Uh, to me, yes, because I said NBA Finals, they had to get there. Didn't have to win it. We can reevaluate when they get there. They had to get to the NBA Finals. Yes. Man, this is crazy. Yep. You going to answer your own question? I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's no different than anything that happened before. Like, it's just no different. It's like different faces if they lose. Um, a lot of hype. But it's the same old thing. It's the same old thing. That's it. Yeah. Disappointing loss. Really was. Disappointing loss of how they came out. Thought they would come out. They showed me something on Tuesday. And while I thought the defense was still up to par, they only gave up 95 points. All you needed was 97. And they didn't muster that up. Only 13 points in that fourth quarter to Jason Tatum's 16 to help lead his team to be. He was phenomenal in that final five minutes, by the way. Stunk. right? Stunk for the other 43. Final five, he was tremendous. That's why he was all NBA first team. Keith, I'll talk to you on Sunday, man, as we preview the game. All right, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you then. Peace.